the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelow, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow. And I'm so grateful to be here. Hello, everyone. Friends, have you ever found yourself on your knees praying about something that you regret, something you regret doing, something you believe is a sin, or maybe doing so for the second or third or fourth or even tenth time? Maybe you've been angry or unkind, maybe... You've thought hateful things as you got carried away in a moment. Now you feel shame. Maybe you have trouble with addiction. The Bible says that as a dog returns to its vomit, so we return to our sin. What does this say about our salvation? If you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, professing your belief that he is the Son of God, that he was crucified to atone for our sins, and that he died and was resurrected and now sits at the right hand of God, mediating for us. As you have struggled with new sin, have you wondered what God thinks about you, or wondered whether or not he would withdraw his grace, his salvation, and his love? As you agonized over this, feeling vulnerable and ashamed, has someone said something to you that has hurt you? Has a priest or a member of the church spoken harsh judgment over you? If so, I understand. I have experienced all of these things. I've experienced times when I regretted repeated sin, when I came to Jesus in tears, and I've had harsh words spoken to me, and words that weren't always scriptural. People can be mean and self-righteous and judgmental. Often they don't know the Bible, and while calling themselves Christians, they speak words which would shame Jesus. In order to address these issues, last week we began talking about salvation and sanctification with our ministry pastor and good friend Steve Dennis. If you missed that show, it's available as a podcast on any podcast app by searching Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, or you can find it on our website, CourageousChristianity.today. After that show, as usual, we did our team debrief. And we all felt that there was more to say on the subject, and so we decided to continue the discussion today. We've asked Pastor Steve back, and he will help us with it because it's such an important topic. And so we'll look at things like, what is salvation? If you sin, do you lose your salvation? 
Are we saved by our good works? What is sanctification? And how can we help people on their faith journey? How does that sound? Sounds, um, I think, very helpful. Uh, that is my prayer. Yep. Absolutely. And speaking of which, Pastor Steve, welcome back. Would you pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, we praise your holy name. We thank you. Uh, we praise your, we just praise you that you're so good to us. We thank you for all that you've done for us, through us, Lord. We thank you for your son. We just give you all the honor and the glory for it. We say, have your way in this time. Our hearts cry, our hearts desire is that wherever anyone is, wherever they are listening, both geographically, spiritually, emotionally, that you are touching them right now, that you, you are actually gone before this and you are working on their hearts through the Spirit and that you are guiding them and drawing them closer to you. And so that's our prayer is that all that we do today would glorify you and pull them closer to you, nudge them closer to you, draw them closer to you, more into the image of your son. So have your way in this time with only you can do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 I want to say one thing, going back to there, you, you said so much in the intro that my brain was still processing that. Not only does it sound helpful what we're going to talk about, um, I think there's probably a lot of people out there who sit with confusion around these topics. And then last week's show might have brought even more questions up. And so I think that this is going to be very impactful and um, empowering. Yeah, that's my hope. I told you last week uh, that in a conversation with somebody, they said that at a very early age, they were overcome in church and prompted to accept Jesus. And then they didn't necessarily start living for him or understand how that would look or have the wherewithal to step out of family beliefs and community beliefs and step away from people who hindered their journey. And so they ended up in the same place. Yeah. Uh, sin, repeated sin. And it wasn't until maybe 20 years later that they actually started their sanctification journey in earnest. But my thinking for them was that if Scripture says nobody comes to me unless the Father who sent me calls them, then when God called them and created the circumstances that brought them to that profession of faith, did he not also know all the things that would follow? Right. Did, did they come as a surprise to him? And so um, I think you're exactly right. There's so many people in so many different places. Yeah. And so, uh, Pastor Steve, 15 years of ministry, communities large and small, ministering to people at the motocross track, ministering to people uh, in church. I imagine you've seen all kinds of different um postures, places where people are in their faith and their understanding. Uh, absolutely. And it, yeah, it's a gamut of, of where people are, where they're coming from. And it, and it's always, it's always interesting. And I always say that, that until you get in the boat with someone, you can't know, you can't know the waves they've, you know, that they've been riding and, and, or, or rowing through. And so until you get to know someone a little bit, you you may see some behavior that is by, say, your church's standards or by even your standards, strange, abnormal, or even unacceptable. 
but we also don't know where they've come from and where they that that might have been drilled into them through through past religion religious experience that might have been drilled in them through Aunt Betty, Grandma Sue, whatever that no this is this is what it means to follow Jesus or this is what it means to not follow Jesus. And so that's just ingrained into them and, and until you actually peel back a couple of those layers of the onion that oh, well, this person's acting this way because they think it's okay to act this way because they've been told it is. We're seeing that all across the board right now. It's okay to uh, love the same sex. It's okay to do this. It's okay. Well, if that's what you've been told your whole life, then okay, I'm going to act that way because I don't think it's wrong. Um, you've got the people that just flat don't know. You've got you've got all, all across the board, and we can talk more about some of the more individuals. But but yeah, where you're coming from until you actually can sit there and say. I always say most people have a stew pot theology where they've just they've just dumped this in, dumped that in, dumped this in, dumped that in, and the next thing you know, it's I've got a little tidbit of this and a little tidbit of that, and it doesn't jive. Yeah. Uh, okay. We were first exposed to a word that goes with the stew pot theology called syncretism. Oh, another ism. Okay, cool. It's, uh, and what syncretism says, and apparently according to the Family Research Council, 80% of people are in syncretism. Christy's shaking her head. What's going on over there? I'm trying to go back and find it. It's actually um, – uh, uh, let me just go back here quickly. I was just at a conference, the American Association of Christian Counselors, and um, – uh, so many amazing people spoke and so many stats and trying to c- recall, as I say that, recall his name, George Barna, I believe is the name. And uh, he spoke to biblical worldview and and ultimately what he spoke to was the stew pot. And um, I'm trying to find the, 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 the stat, but it is this hodgepodge and it is this syncretism and they have, it's evidence-based. Okay, so... I recall 80% of the United States, even those who call themselves Christians, because keep in mind 70% of the United States calls themselves Christians, but most people are in syncretism, which is effectively an amalgamation of religion and philosophy and ideas about karma and all of this stuff. And from that hodgepodge, there are all kinds of conclusions drawn. And then sometimes what's weird to me is you'll say to a person, um, a person who is expressing maybe dissonance or misalignment or difficulty, uh, you'll talk to them about faith as written in black and white in the Bible, and they'll tell you, yeah, that's not it. So how does that work, Christy? Well, going back to the number, I found the number, and the, the study was actually on millennials, which is our largest group of our population. It was 97% of millennials. Yeah, that's a different study, and that is totally interesting. I remember that. So 97% of millennials are in this stewpot theology called syncretism. And if we think about our future, where he was really bringing it to, these are the parents of today with very uh, with children of thir- you know that are still forming their their thoughts and beliefs, yeah. and with children around the age of thirteen and below, and so so important to really be addressing this for the future of our 
our, our country and our world. Yeah, well, real faith for the real world. Let's get real. Abraham Lincoln said, plant your feet in what is right and stand firm. What is right? Well, what's right is what the Bible says. And so we have to bring ourselves in submission to that and uh, kind of give up this stewpot notion. I mean, like you said, for some it's religiosity. Um, And we know how Jesus felt about that. He railed against the Pharisees, and he said he called them a brood of vipers. And he said, you stand at the door to heaven, not going in yourself, but barring the way for others. So we're not talking about religiosity. We're not talking about uh, some journey where you allow people to take you wherever they want to take you. We're talking about, number one, salvation, as Jesus says it is, and that is by a profession of faith and a belief that he was the Son of God, who came to die for this world to save us from ourselves. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And John chapter 1, verse 12 said, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So yes, we're adopted into the family, and it Our salvation is that. Salvation means the preservation or deliverance from harm. And Pastor Steve talked to us last week about redemption and being redeemed. And now we're basically into the sanctification journey. So stay with us. We're going to talk about that more in the second segment. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281 800 4940 or visit today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mendelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity and that voice, Dave Bray, USA, an amazing version of Amazing Grace. And it is truly God's amazing grace that allows us to be here today speaking with you from the heart, hoping to connect in the truth of Christ, which says that he came, he died for us, that we would have life and have it abundantly. And yet many, even those who profess faith in Christ, 
are in various places, some of which are bright and beautiful and hopeful and helpful on this amazing journey. And sometimes that journey can be stunted by things we've heard and things we've been exposed to and things that the church has said or a person within the church has said. And so we just want to get it right and we want you to hear the truth. And so Pastor Steve is back on the show with us in this conversation about salvation and sanctification. And in his 15 years of ministry, we discuss that he has heard and seen lots of different things. Tell us about some of those ideas and whether or not it's right. So many examples come flooding to mind, but so just, just not too long ago, a matter of weeks ago, a uh, young man came in to the lobby of the church and, and uh, was asking for prayer um, and said, hey, i, I just been having a rough day. I was wondering if you guys could pray. And so got some guys around. We all prayed for him, and we start talking to him. And nice gentleman and everything. He's like, and nothing crazy wrong. He just truly was probably having a bad day. And praise the Lord, turned into the church to come seek some help. But then he starts showing us all of these tattoos of astrological signs, and he starts quoting what his horoscope is and and all of this. And I and so I just you know I said, well, which one of these do you believe, the Word of God, or do you believe your horoscope? And he just looked at me like I had three heads, and and I, he was like, isn't it all one and the same? And I was like, uh, no, sir. No, it's definitely not. Um, and quite the opposite. The Bible speaks very clearly against things like that. And and he was just blown away. Um, he was putting a lot of stock into his horoscope and that he trusted in the Lord and was just putting them together. Didn't understand. Didn't understand that, that, that there was a complete separation, that you're giving power to your world and your life to to this mythical cosmos of things that which God created in the first place. Yes, God created the stars, but the stars have no power over which way your life goes and, and whether you're going to be successful that month or not. Um, you know, so, so wow, here's this guy shaping his life based on this, what's it called? Syncretism? Syncretism. Syncretism. Stew pot. of, of, of astrology and, and, or, uh, the, his horoscope and, and, and God. And, and what that really shows is a lack of knowledge of the word, like we always promise, because if you had read the word with any in-depth at all, you would realize that he speaks against those things. Another example, um, lady grew up Mormon, was kicked out of the Mormon church because she divorced her husband, later married a Catholic, spent a lot of years doing nothing and having conversations with her. I mean, literally within a matter of sentences would go, I would recognize things of Mormonism. I would recognize things of Catholicism. And then I'd have no idea where she got the next couple phrases out of the sentence. And then just complete selfishness all in one paragraph. Yeah. All within one paragraph. And I'm like, wow, praise the Lord. This lady now is a very devout, very studies the word. I mean, just, I mean, she is on fire for Christ. Um, takes tracks everywhere, everywhere she goes, she's telling every waiter, everything she came, she, she came to know the truth and, and finally realized that, that what she had been thinking was, 
the outline for her life was off. And when she found the true word and, and really dove in, um, I had the honor and the pleasure to baptize her. And, and I mean, like I said, probably one of the most outspoken persons I, I know right now. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me because if you were in a lot of pain and you then found the cure for that pain, you would want everybody to know. And so I think a lot of us, uh, when we're in that place of syncretism and amalgamation, taking parts of the word, parts of the world, smashing it all together in some convenient way, then we find the truth. You're like, oh my gosh, this has been so painful for so long. I want everybody to know now. Well, really, those stories um, hit home, especially the horoscope uh, hit home, because as I've moved through my development in my faith, there was a time where I believed that, too. I didn't understand that the Word spoke against it. And I, I even tell people, too, at one point, I didn't understand the Holy Trinity. I didn't understand that Jesus was God and God was the Holy Spirit, all of them together. And what I heard you say, Pastor Steve, was that she came to know the capital T truth when she found the capital T true word, and that requires studying of the Bible. And re- well, first reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah, you And know I hadn't. I hope what you hear in that, friends out there listening, is we have all come from a place of confusion. And that's because the devil's good at his job. And in Genesis chapter 3, the third chapter of the Bible, the first verse of the third chapter of the Bible, the serpent comes up to Eve and starts confusing what God has said. And then because Adam didn't speak to Eve about the truth of what God had said, Eve didn't know any better, and so the serpent was able to mislead her. And the next thing you know, we're a world in sin. So I think we're all misled, and it's not accidental. The devil's good at his job. So if you hear that, please don't feel judgment. Please just feel excitement about the fact that there is truth. There is one single truth. I never fully got this. Uh, A young man emailed the show from Virginia, and he said something that is so brilliant. He said, I know there can only be one truth. Hmm. What is it? Think about that, friends. If it's the truth, there can only be one of it. Otherwise, it's something else that (laughs) isn't the truth. That's so true. (laughs) Uh, And I think this goes back to what I mentioned a little bit earlier. Another another classification of person that I believe probably is a very large demographic if we really uh, was able to cross-section it. uh, And that's you've been taught. And you 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 wait you you garner everything that you do based on your traditions and your your religion, um, rather than the capital T truth, rather than as written in uh, the capital uh, B Bible. And so, there's I had experience this weekend where where an entire church, when you ask them, well, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you do the things that you do? Every response was about their 130-year tradition. Uh, we've been doing it this way since 1890, and this person's uh, great-great-grandfather was the first one into this county and started this. And and you know he's the great-grand. He's still here. You know, so many families, uh, the legacy that they're they're still here. 
but every, well, why do you do this? Well, what, what scripture backs that up? Uh, and, and they couldn't quote any scripture. They couldn't point me to any scripture. They couldn't take me anywhere other than the, the, it's what we've always the been wall, doing. the wall that had every, uh, picture of every confirmation class since 1890 on the wall. We've been doing this this way since this. And, but yet all in the same breath, they're saying our church is dying. People aren't growing. People aren't, we, they, they were in some way crying out for help, but yet then going the old proverbial insanity definition of trying to do the same thing, but expecting a different result. And so I think that's a very large demographic of people that were raised in that. That's their idea of their walk with Christ. And but yet we wonder why they're getting their tail kicked, as you would say, at the intersection of their faith in the real world. Why do you think it is that we hold so tightly to that religion or tradition and and can't perhaps even in view of the fact that it doesn't seem to be working? Right. Um well, and this is probably a good uh, you you've probably studied this in, in the, the counseling and psychology part of this. People are creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. It only takes thirty days to make a habit. You've been doing something for 130 years. That's all I've known. I've I've, I've grown I've grown up in this this small community. Really haven't branched out a lot. I don't. That's the way great grandfather did it. That's the way grandfather did it. That's the way daddy did it. That's the way I'm going to do it. Two things come to mind. And Number one. Oh, sorry. Oh, and sorry. no one's ever contradicted it. Right. So. Well, two things come to mind. Number one, Aristotle saying you are what you do repeatedly. And number two, my golf game, because people say (laughs) practice makes perfect. But the truth is practice does not make perfect because maybe for 130 years you've been practicing things that were not scriptural. Perfect practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. And there is never a wrong time or too late of a time to pick up the book, the Bible, the Word of God, and to before you open it, pray and say, Lord, please show me where I am wrong. Show me where I'm off track. Help me, Father, to be uh, a walking, talking example of your love and your truth. And then as you open this amazing book and you read the words that have been around for 2,000 years, New Testament speaking, and uh, 3,500 years, Old Testament speaking, and you say, this is amazing. This is the truth of God. This is the power of his presence. And this is how I want to walk the rest of my life out. Not in some silly uh, amalgamation of ideas and pop culture trends and nonsense like that. So stay with us. We'll talk about more when we come back in the third segment. I'm weak at the knees, but I'm still holding on to a hope and They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mindelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. 
They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. And as we went out to break, Corey played a piece of a song. The words were, I'm weak at the knees, but I'm still holding on to this hope that is strange. Well, friends, that ain't it. That is not Jesus Christ, because when you're holding on to Jesus Christ, you're not weak at the knees. And Christy brought up a very interesting point at the break. She said, the fastest growing segment in the bookstore is the self-help section. It amounts to $13.2 billion per year, and it's growing, and it's growing fast, and growing even faster is big pharmaceuticals. If you turn on the TV on Sunday and watch football, you will see commercials for medications which will either kill you or fix your headache, and I don't understand how that works. But in any event, in my thinking, if the self-help thing was working, why would we need $1.5 trillion in medication? So the obvious fact is that it's not working. This syncretism, this amalgamation, this conglomeration of convenient ideas, which take us into everything from gender dissonance to same-sex marriage to abortion to... Uh, gender ideology, I mean, you can't get more lost. And what I don't understand is why, if I say to you, here's a compass and here's a map, would would somebody not want to find their way out of the darkness and into the light? Well, I don't have the answer for the why, but I can why speak not? to this personally. <laughs> well, uh, one of the, well, here's where I'm going to go to. I don't know necessarily if this answers the why, but I can speak to this personally in that when I have actually gone to the Bible and studied it, whether it be through classes or um, Bible study on my own, uh, 
that's when I've had the biggest awarenesses, the biggest changes, Gross. the biggest, yeah, the biggest growth. Now, don't get me wrong. I do support the self-help industry and do read books like that because I do believe it can open your mind, but it all must lead you back to the Bible. But that's been the biggest change in my life is reading and studying the Bible. Yeah. What are your thoughts? To me, it just, it, it screams of the inner crying out of our souls in pain for what's missing. Yeah. God shaped whole. It, it, it screams to, I'm going to find it through, uh, if I can read this next book about how to get me, you know, if I just, man, I get up and I believe that I'm so-and-so, you know, whatever the self-help uh, trend is or whatever. Or if I can take this pill, it's going to make me, who I want to be, um, or it will help me forget that I'm not who mm. I'm, I want to be, um, whatever Very the case good. may be. But but all the while, what it is is screaming. Uh, a guy um, one time um, asked if I knew if, uh, or asked my wife if she knew her. Sorry, her brother asked if she, if he knew how to spell peace in Icelandic. Um, because they have Icelandic heritage in their in their um, past or whatever, and be, he wanted to tattoo peace on his arm because in thinking, Icelandic in Icelandic thinking that would bring peace. Mm. That's no more going to bring peace than than whatever you tattoo on your arm. So so it, all the while it's this crying out of we're, what we're what we're all looking for, whether we know it or not, is the peace that Christ only Christ can bring. It's the truth that only his word can bring. And so it scream every bit of this screams to that. But for, again, I believe it's from a, 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 a whole mix of things of why we don't, we don't buy into it wholeheartedly that we don't, we don't turn to it. And there's little things we all know that, that there can be moments of, a flash of brilliance or a flash of improvement, but long, long term, long haul, there, there's a big difference between, I don't have the definitions memorized, but there's a big difference between the definition of conformity and transformation. Conformity means I've got to change me to conform to an ever moving image, whatever the trend is. We, you know, we wear bell bottoms, we have long hair, we don't have long hair, we, whatever the case may be, I'm conforming to this, this rather than taking something from its original state and transforming it into something else, which only the power of the Word of God has to do, and only the work of the Holy Spirit can do to take me from where I was and make me a new person. No no, no wardrobe, no amount of money, no job, no, no fad, no uh, I, gender idolatry, anything like that is going to change the original status. It's still what God created it to be. I think those are brilliant points. And what came to me as you were speaking is the first five books of the Old Testament, as we know, are the Pentateuch or the Torah. And they end in Deuteronomy. And through those first five books, God lays out the big picture, his plan for redemption, uh, all the laws and lots of examples of what's good and what's not so good. In the very first book after the Torah, called Joshua, in chapter 1, 
we read in verse 7, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And verse 8 goes on to say, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And so what's interesting to me is we live in a fallen, failing world that is changing every day to some new form of failure, and the fix is to align ourselves with what is unchanging, the truth of God's Word, to anchor ourselves to that so that we're not blown around by by every word and every fad and every fashion, as you're saying, a new medication, uh, a a new uh, perspective, a new tattoo. And so it's not with judgment that we're having this conversation because real people, people made in the image of God, people made to be a part of the community of Christ, his church, are struggling and they're in pain, and they're raising children, and they're doing to the children what was done to them, and the children are in pain, and the evidence of this is all around us, and we're looking for a a new self-help book or a new medication, but it's here from 3,500 years ago where we read, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Then you will be successful. And so, friends, I hope what you hear in this is it's not about religion. It's not about what your priest said. It's not about uh, what your parents did that may or may not have been working for them. It is about your relationship with Christ, which is informed by the Bible, which you can read anytime, day or night, to better understand God's love and his plans for you. I, I, I would, I would echo that and, and push it to say, if, if I, if I or anybody or ask yourself this question, what is it that I believe? Why do I believe that? And if any of the answers to those questions come up, anything other than scripture, scripture because it's written in the bible because this verse says this this verse says that then then take a hard look at that what what am i basing and and you know uh, because this late we even within the the christian world finger air quotes um well the latest greatest devotional says this or the latest greatest um, you know, we don't even have to get outside of, of our so-called world to have that same problem. Um, I, I got people that can quote this author or that author right. or this author, but they, they can't quote scripture to save their life. So if if you say, I'm basing, the, these are the foundations I'm going to base my walk on with Christ on, I'm this is how I'm going to live it out, and you can't point me to scripture to why you believe that and why you work it out, then that's where your work starts. Go there. Um, take everything you know, put it on the table, wipe the table clean, and start over. And say, I stand here. And that goes all the way with why did you, why Christ? 
you know, I ask people that all the time. Hmm. Why Christ? And then that's where your testimony should kick in and go, I know that, I know that, I know, because this is what he's done for me. And then there comes your unique story. Now, in that unique story, where have you now dove into this 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 word and come out and said, I believe that marriage is between one man and one woman, and here's why. Scripture, da-da-da-da-da. I believe that we were all created in God's image, uniquely made as a man or a woman, and here's the scripture of why I believe that. Not because Aunt Sue said it, not because my pastor told me, not because CNN told me, not because self-help guru told me, but here's the verses that tell me that, and I'm going to stand firm on that. Amen. That is good preaching. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, what occurred to me as you were saying that is Google (laughs) can really help you (laughs) when you are trying to understand what the Bible says. I was just speaking uh, yesterday with somebody, and they said that they are just learning how to ask Google questions about the Bible. What does the Bible say about same-sex marriage, and then make sure that the answer comes in the form of Scripture. So it would be the book of a Bible, Matthew chapter 16, verse 4, and then you would have the actual words, and then you open your Bible to those actual words, and that is the beginning of that exploration, and the Holy Spirit will guide you the rest of the way. Stay, stay with us, friends. We're going to wrap this up in the fourth segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. In His arms He'll take and shield thee Thou wilt find a solace there I just love that song. Thank you, Corey, for playing that. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with our ministry pastor, Pastor Steve Dennis, about faith and salvation. 
and sanctification and how that looks in the real world. And we've talked about a crazy word that we learned a couple weeks ago, Christy and I did, called syncretism, where a large percentage of the American population has placed their faith, their hope, their peace in a combination of ideologies and religions and pop culture ideas. They have placed their hope in everything from karma to astrology to the right tattoo. And yet the peace of Christ still eludes them as evidenced by the growing self-help section in the bookstore and the growing pharmacology industry, which apparently makes $1.2 trillion a year. So real people are in real pain. The answer is Jesus Christ. The definition of truth is that there's only one of it, and he is the truth. And so we're going to put Pastor Steve on the spot here, asking him a couple quick questions about some of the things that we may think and whether or not those thoughts are right. So, Pastor Steve, you ready? I'm, I'm ready. It's the hot seat, right? Yeah. Hang, right. Hanging out with you, I'm usually on the hot seat. So okay, that, yeah, good. Ooh. <laughs> Is salvation by works? Absolutely not. Salvation by grace through faith, so that no man shall boast. Ephesians 2, I believe. So Ephesians 2.12 says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How does that work if it's not by works? Is it just by a heartfelt commitment? So that 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 verse right there, that picture, um, is work out. Literally means like work out. Go to the gym. Just because I have bicep muscles, they're not going to grow if I don't do some kind of exercise for them to to grow to get bigger. So it is not saying that 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 verse doesn't say that I don't have it. It's I've got it now. Use it. Put it to work. So God calls us to Christ. In my case, it was in an airplane. He said, you need to learn about Christ. And months later, that brought me to a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And what is it? uh, 20 years later, I'm still working out my salvation, learning, growing, and bringing uh, all that I am to Christ every day. And the verse that Pastor Steve was referencing, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 say, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So, Pastor Steve, next question, what is sanctification then? Sanctification is really that that working out, the, the, the process of, I am now... I am now a new, Scripture tells us we are a new being. I'm going to now walk this out just as, as a, I think we started to mention or mentioned on last week's show that, that toddler just learning to walk. And then as he grows, as he matures, he starts to walk fine. Then he starts to run, he stumbles every now and then, but he picks himself up. He keeps going. But you take, you take a, a, a two-year-old and then a, a even a nine-year-old, the, the significant difference of how well they can move throughout their their world, it's a huge difference. So you take that and put it into a spiritual overlay and say, 
all right, this person now, they're, they're just learning to walk. They're just doing, they're learning this Christian walk thing. Um, but if they work it out and start exercising it, then building it, they're going to, they're going to look significantly different in, in, in a much shorter period of time, actually. So, and that's not just as our successes, it's no, also our I, failures. No, absolutely. And that's the thing. It's not that, that this perfect, the, I accepted Christ, so now my world's going to be perfect. It, no, it just means I now am going to have the, the dexterity and the ability to to stand on something firm and not be shaken, and I will survive all the craziness and all the chaos and all the storms. But the caution there being, don't lean on your own understanding, but submit to him in every way, and he will make your path straight. Friends, that's Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And the problem is people leaning on their own understanding. So, as we think about sanctification, um, the thoughts that come to mind are join a church. After you've accepted Jesus Christ and you want to know the truth of his love, get a devotional. Seek out people who strive to walk out the words of the Bible and who aren't afraid to open the Bible to better understand the issues. If your friends are making your journey harder, get new friends. If your family doesn't support you, Begin the journey by yourself, and they will see the change in you and come on board. Strive, friends. Try hard. If you fall down, get back up with prayer and thanksgiving. And that's the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth. Did I miss one? I was just say, get a Bible. Get a Bible first. First and first. And first. <laughs> you can get a devotional if you want, Thank but you get God. a Bible. <laughs> and our moment of truth comes from John chapter 14, verse 6, which says... Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, if a guy wants to join the Marines, but he never signs on the dotted line and he never ships off to boot camp, he can never become a Marine. It's that simple. He can read books about the Marines. He can assemble and disassemble guns. He can do push-ups. He can even buy a uniform at a surplus store and march around his living room, but he's not a Marine. To be a Marine, he must commit to a journey of change and growth and service, and he must make his commitment known by professing his desire and taking action on that profession. And it's the exact same with Jesus Christ. God knows your heart. He knows by your profession of faith in Jesus Christ that you are seeking him, and when you take action based on that profession— he will assure your journey. On the positive side, the beautiful, freeing, and amazing side of all of this, if you have not given your heart to Jesus in tearful contrition, asking him to save you from yourself, from slavery to sin, and from the failed ways of the world, you've not yet begun the journey. And it's a beautiful journey. Please don't hesitate any longer. Profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved, and the journey will begin. Search for a church, not for religiosity, but for guidance in the Word of God. We can't do it alone. If your friends and family don't support you, go to church by yourself. It's critical to a good journey. If you have asked Jesus to redeem you, but you aren't striving to know him better in order to serve him better, you've begun the journey but you haven't gone very far. You're missing out on so much. Don't let other people tell you about the journey. You need to experience the journey for yourself. You're missing out 
on the joy and simplicity of a life which says, I believe what Jesus says and I'm trying to do it more and more each day if you rely on others. Keep trying. Keep striving. Don't stagnate. It's an amazing process, and if you fall down, get back up. Keep getting back up. If you have a bad day, confess your sins and keep getting back up. Ask Jesus for help. I recommend a good church that emphasizes the word of God as written in the Bible and a daily devotional to help you to stay connected. And if you've accepted Jesus into your heart and you're growing in your relationship with him and he's taking you to new and beautiful places in that relationship, in your understanding and in your walk on this earth, don't you want to share that with others? Search the Bible each day and the Holy Spirit will guide you and then help others. And on the negative side, the sad and scary side, faith is about heart. God will not be fooled. He sees deep into the hearts of men and women. He knows your true feelings. If you reject God's written word, if you laugh at Jesus, believing that you know better, God knows, and he will not be mocked. If you profess faith, but don't really feel repentance or contrition, God knows. And Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 22 say, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. God knows your heart. If you profess genuinely with deep repentance, in tears, truly desiring internal change, and yet from day to day you struggle to walk that out, don't give up. God knows your heart. Ask Jesus to help you. He knows how hard it is. He has walked this earth. Friends, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody who believes in him will be put to shame, and that's courageous Christianity. So, Pastor Steve, what would you add to that? I think it's all, I think this show's been a, been a great wealth of, of, of good information. I heard a really interesting quote, I guess. Uh, you can change without improving, but you can't improve without changing. And so if your current trajectory isn't where you want it to be, and you're going to have to change. You're going to have to change some things. You're going to, as you said, change some friends, change some different things. So we're, we're, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but don't be afraid of the change. Desire the change because, because first and foremost, the change he's going to make in me to make me a new creature and then carry on from there. And if that change is according to the Word of God, it will take you in the right direction. Amen. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT The Word in Houston, Texas, at kkht.com or on your favorite podcast app or at courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.